What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I am hosting the episode today, and I am joined by our therapist, Dr. Sydney Cope, here at Kinetic Sports Medicine and Performance. In addition to being a physical therapist, Sydney is also a runner, and she just finished her first ever marathon last weekend. So Sydney and I debrief her experience both on race day, what she learned by going through the training, how she balanced her strength training with her running training for the marathon, how she dealt with soreness and went through uh, one small injury episode and managed her running around that. Um, so this is a great episode where Sydney, who has experience as a clinician, but now also first-person experience actually running a marathon, shares a lot of really helpful tips and tricks for going through uh, really training for any race, but especially training for a marathon. So I think uh, everyone's going to really enjoy hearing about Sydney's experience. What's going on, everyone? Michael Falk with Connect Sports Medicine and Performance, and I am joined today by Dr. Sydney Cope, fresh off finishing her very first marathon um, in Minneapolis. Um, I don't want to date it, but this was about two days ago when she finished. So I know this episode will release later this month, but we're going to debrief her race and her training as quickly as possible after this race. So she's actually literally sitting in the Normatech recovery boots <laughs> right now uh, as we uh, are recording this. So if you hear any strange air blowing noises in the background, that is uh, what she's doing in between patients today. She's recovering and we're going to debrief her marathon training. So it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, Lots of emotions, lots of things have transpired over the past couple of days. So yeah, happy to debrief and share my experiences and look forward to my next one. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I will say like right before you <laughs> left, you were like, I'm never doing this again. And literally I texted you, I think, I think Sunday night on your way home. And you're like, I'm gonna have to run another one. Yep, yeah, and we'll kind of get into why. Um, but it was also, I mean, like, despite everything, it was really, really cool. It was, like, crossing that finish line, I've never felt more accomplished or more proud. Like, even, like, finishing PT school. I was like, eh, that was pretty cool. But, like, this, this was, <laughs> I did that thing. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, we'll be running another one in the future, so stay tuned. It will go better. I'm uh, speaking that into <laughs> I'm, existence now. I'm sure. So how how did the marathon go? I don't even know this. I know you finished. Yes. But all we've done is really exchange texts while you were uh, while you were driving back Miserably from Minnesota. Home. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, tell us about it. What was the what was the experience like running the race? Um. So going into it, um, I'll start off by kind of touching on like tapering a little bit because yeah. it is a very weird couple weeks um, leading up to race day because you know it's so important that you have to let your body recover um, but going from the amount of training and running and working out that I was doing to then almost nothing the week before the marathon was like mentally taxing because it kind of freaks you out a little bit like 
am I doing enough? Like, I don't, this doesn't feel good. Um, it's also, like, I felt very lethargic because I wasn't working out. Uh, so I felt like I was, like, never really waking up during the day. Like, my body just didn't have that same energy that I had. Uh, so the week before the marathon was weird. And it was just like, but I knew that it, my body needed it. Um, but leading up to the marathon, I was like, I have no idea, like, how this is going to go. Because right now I feel like crap, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then a couple days before... The like nerves really started to kick in because this was my first one. Um, I did not know if I could physically complete 26.2 miles because I've never done it before. So that kind of starts to take a toll on you too. Like, can I do this? I trained so hard for this, but the most I had run was 22 miles. And everybody says like, oh, you can do another four. Like how many times have you ran four miles? And you're like, yeah, but... At the end of that 22-mile long run, I collapsed on just a grassy patch, and a man came up to me and was like, are you okay? <laughs> because I was just on the ground, like, on my back, like, ugh, like, just, I was, I, yeah, I did the 22, but I don't think I could have ran another four miles at that point. Um, so, yeah, nerves kicked in. Um, and then, um, but like hydration wise, nutrition wise, I felt really, really good. Um, I had started to carbo load probably about three days out pretty heavily, um, because sort of like in the past when you talk about like before the night before a race, like, oh yeah, carbo load, but like you really don't want to feel really heavy that next morning. Uh, so you want your like bigger carb days to actually be a couple of days out. So I had done a really good job. I felt like with my hydration and my, and my nutrition, and I felt really good in that regard. Um, my foot injury that I was dealing with that I think we're going to touch on a little bit later, um, was actually feeling really good. Mostly because I really hadn't ran like more than four miles in the past, like, week um but that was another thing where i was like okay like this feels pretty good like i think i'm setting myself up for success despite kind of how i'm like feeling with this weird sort of transition from training to race day um so got to race day um i had my nutrition plan down pat um the weather was incredible it was like 55 in the morning and the high was really only supposed to get up to like 67 I think like it was really really good racing weather um it was like supposed to be sunny but not like hot shot sun shining burning down on you kind of sun um so really could not have asked for a better day um started the race really comfortable um I had like known my pacing that I was sort of um, aiming for and I knew that I needed to start a little bit slower because this is 26 miles like if I'm going to make it to the end and I want to be able to like push when my body is not wanting to push I knew that I needed to start a little bit slower Um, so I felt really really good for about the first half Um, was super comfortable Um, but I got about, I don't even know like when it started, 
Um, because once it started, it was just like a cycle of just awfulness, is <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, I started to get really, really bad cramping in both quads, like just like knotted up right above my knees and got to a point where I was like, okay, I've felt this in my hamstrings and my calves before, but I have never felt this in my quads. And I knew that if I like tried to just push through it, like I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to rip my quads in half. Like it got to be that painful. I was like, I need to stop. I need to walk. I need to try and like stretch this out a little bit. Um, I probably stood off to the side for like a good three minutes and then I did have to walk a little bit at that point. Um, just because like anytime I started to try running, it just came right back. So I wanted to make sure that I was like, that sensation was gone before I started running again. Um, and unfortunately I kind of dealt with that on and off for the rest of the race, which I want to say was probably like, honestly, the last 10 miles or so. And that's a significant, that's a significant part of the race because a big thing that they say is like the first 20 miles is the first half. And then the last six is the second half, because that's the point where your body is done. Like yeah you are running on fumes. Even if you have done everything well, your body does not want you to go any farther. Um, so I finished the race. That is the biggest thing that I will say. I did it. I ran across the finish line and was like screaming at this woman to like throw me a banana <laughs> <laughs> and a Gatorade as soon as I crossed. I was like, my legs are cramping, please give me a banana. She was like, here, here, sit down, sit down. She was super helpful. Shout out to you, woman. Um, <laughs> had no idea where my parents were at that point. I didn't have my phone, and I was like, I'm just like a lost puppy here. But also, I finished my first marathon. So I was yeah. like, all the emotions were happening. Like, I'm done. That didn't go as well as I planned, but I did it. Um, my legs hurt. Where's my family? Like, so many things. <laughs> Um, my, uh, so yeah, the race overall did not go as planned. Um, it took me a lot longer than I had hoped. Um, but I did it despite how terrible my legs felt. Um, and for that, I'm really, really proud of myself. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm frustrated and a little bit disappointed, but I did it. It was my first one. I didn't go into it with like super high expectations anyway, uh, time-wise. I like knew probably about where I would fall just kind of based on how my long runs had gone and sort of what my pacing sort of sits at for that extended period of time. Um, and it took me longer than that. Um, so that is why the competitive side of me has to now run another one. <laughs> Um, but also just like, it was really cool despite as the unfortunate, um, like discomfort that I was in and pain that I was feeling. Um, I felt really, really accomplished as soon as I crossed that finish line. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a brief overview of how yeah. the day, the race went. No, I think that's awesome. And I think the thing that just watching you go through it, I mean, 
we all knew you were going to finish just because you trained so hard and we just know you're really determined. <laughs> like, there was no doubt. If I was going to crawl across that <laughs> yeah. finish line, I would have. Yeah. I know you were worried about it, but like the rest of us were like, Susan's going to finish. Like you did, yeah. you know, you did everything that you're supposed to do. But I think the cool thing about it, just from the third person perspective of getting to watch you train, was like the marathon is like a culmination. It's like the day that everyone cares about. Yeah. Like if that makes sense. But I think just finishing training for the marathon in oh, and of yeah. itself is like... Huge accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment. Like you, yeah, you ran multiple weeks in a row where you're running like 18, 20, 21, 22 mm-hmm. miles, like week after week, and then turning around and running like two days after that. And uh, <laughs> so it was just, it was fun to get to watch you like go I don't want to say go through it accomplish it yeah, yeah um and then but like yeah then ultimately race day is like the payoff of yeah it was like 16 weeks beforehand is that yeah just about like, yep and I started from scratch I mean like I don't run when it's cold outside so I like my first like long run on the weekend was like three miles or something <laughs> like it's like all right Sydney's getting yeah. back in shape like yeah. here we go yeah you didn't do a couch to 5k you did a couch to 26.2 miles yes basically literally yep um, over 16 <laughs> weeks and worked with a coach and I do think we're going to do another podcast it'll come out sometime next month with Sydney and her coach Jack Hackett that's been on the podcast before yeah kind of going through some other marathon prep tips and new fueling suggestions that they talked about. So stay tuned for that. But let's kind of shift gears away from actual race day and just talk a little bit about training and like, what did you learn about your body or about running in general um, through like going through that training process? Um, So biggest thing that I learned um, is how much our bodies are capable of doing um when training is done properly um i am not a distance runner even now i will say that (laughs) i have never been somebody that ran longer than a couple miles at a time just like wasn't built into my sport really i didn't really need it um So this was a huge adjustment for me. And I'd run a couple halves in the past, but um, even with that, like that's, that was hard just because this isn't something I've been doing my whole life. Um, Does not come easily. But um, going through this training process, number one thing is definitely like, I am capable of so much more than I give myself credit for. Um, And I think that's really cool. But a big piece of that was I had a lot of help doing it, um, especially with like working with a coach. Um, But I also, with just like my background as a PT and stuff that I've learned in my career is like how important keeping up with strength training is. And um, like listening to your body on days where you don't feel good and not pushing yourself to things that you will not be able to handle. Um, so yeah, big things with training. Um, don't don't neglect lifting weights. Yeah. Um, I've done that in the past, running halves, and 
I mean, okay, yeah, like, I had some issues on race day, but, like, I'll get into that. That's why I think that happened. But um, I, like, didn't have any knee pain that I've, like, struggled with on and off for years because I was really, really good about making sure I was strong. Um, my, like, running felt easier. Like, I felt lighter and like my body was working more efficiently because I was better about lifting um and yeah secondly like just listening to my body's my body on days that did not feel good and either shifting a run or shortening it and knowing that I still have plenty of time to get where I need to be uh were definitely big pieces because I really didn't hit like a big burnout period where I had to like stop because of an injury and a lot of people do because they get so in you know the cycle of this training like I have to do this run this run this run this run this run and they never give themselves a break um and I think I would have had a lot more issues if I hadn't been smart about my training yeah I want to dive into a couple of things there um I mean, I think first off, we're joking about you going from couch to 26.2, but that's not like exactly true because like you weren't running in the winter, but you lift all year round. Yeah. And like, I think you built up probably a really good strength base over, like you kind of use your winter since you don't like running outside in the cold to like really build up a yeah. really good, get strength. And then you're not trying to, for you, you weren't trying to gain strength while you were also training for a marathon right. you're just having to like like the work was already done now you're just maintaining which yes. is i think something that we talk about a lot with our runners is like we live in wisconsin it's a blessing and a curse and mm-hmm. i don't want to say that people don't run all year round because i know that some people do but like it can get pretty tough to run in yeah. <laughs> january february up here yeah um and it, but it it can give you maybe eight to 12 weeks of like decreased running at least mm-hmm. outside and then you can use that time to like work on your deficits the stuff that you don't yeah. want to do when it's nice out but then I want to just hear a little bit about and I know every week was slightly different but how did you balance like strength training with your running training so that they like worked well together and weren't competing with each other yeah so I was a typical week uh, looked pretty similar throughout the entire training process so I lifted um, like pretty heavy twice a week Um, and on those days I also did my recovery runs so they came after um, either my like long run or my speed work that I would do midway through the week Um, and then I was also going to um, a workout class a couple days a week too that was uh, where I was not lifting quite as heavy. It was a little bit more uh, total body and like a little bit more cardio based too. I was doing that a couple times a week um, to sort of maintain. Um, and then uh, one day a week was strictly like interval and speed work with some like higher mileage. And then I would do a long run. Um, so I was doing a little bit of both um all week there was no point in time where I was just running though I was always doing some form of strength training um regardless of kind of where I was at in my training 
I think that's like really important for people to understand that it's not just like you don't just train for a marathon by running 20 miles over and over and over again all week long like what right at your busiest week do you remember like how many miles total give or take you were covering um i think the week that i did the my longest run was 22 miles um i think i was in the 40s yeah uh yeah probably yeah upper 40s uh with everything added together and i that is i think like not significantly lower but a bit lower than other training programs that i have seen uh, where they have you running like almost every day where like yeah. some of people's like higher like highest um, weeks like mileage wise are like up in like the 50s 60s 70s yeah and that's something that we see a lot of times with like some people that are dealing with injuries training for a race it's just like a misunderstanding of how much they actually need to run versus mm-hmm. like like if you listen to what Sydney said, she had like recovery runs that had a purpose that were like slower, lower distances. She had speed work where she was working like above the race pace of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. But again, like distance was shorter, but she was working on like a specific skill that was going to carry over versus just like, oh, I'm running 26.2 miles. So I just need to work on running farther yeah. every day. And it's like, that's probably not the best way to go about it. Like. It's a way to go about it, but it's gonna put a lot more stress on your body um, and maybe not necessarily help you with like your speed of doing right. of your runs and stuff. It's just gonna, I guess, prepare you to run longer distances, but it um, might not actually carry over as well as you think it will. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously running 40 plus miles in a week or 30 miles in a week, and not just once, but like week after week after week <laughs> for 16 weeks. Yeah. Like you're going to deal with not feeling great every single day. And I think you're kind of hitting at that. How did you differentiate? And obviously you have the advantage of being a physical therapist, but how do you differentiate between like normal soreness that was almost expected as part of pushing your body versus pain or this is like a problem that I need to address by modifying my training? Yeah, um, it was a little difficult at first actually like there were a couple of days where I was like am I actually okay like <laughs> like once I was getting into some of these longer runs um I would you know finish the run and be like out for the count the rest of the day um for me the biggest thing was did that pain or soreness last into the next day um and could I like was it a my muscles just hurt versus a this doesn't feel right um so yeah it could it was sometimes still honestly like challenging because there were days where I was like did I pull my hamstring or did I just cramp and my body is just kind of paying for it. Um, luckily, I have some help here where yeah. they can also tell me what's going on. We, just, <laughs> we had like scary. Sydney treatment Tuesdays. <laughs> like after the long run, I'd get, a, I'd get a text on like Sunday, like, hey, <laughs> do you have any time on yep. Tuesday? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was 
first thing that I would kind of think about was, okay, how long is this pain or discomfort lasting? Um, because if it was like more than that, like 12, 24 hour mark, uh, I knew that it had to be addressed as being something that was a little bit more than me just being sore. Um, but it definitely did take my body a little bit to adjust regardless. Um, and then there was one instance where I was having pain with like not when I'm not doing activity. And that was for me the biggest thing where I was like, okay, this is not normal. This is an injury versus my body's just tired and a little beat up from what I did to it this week. Um, so yeah, at that point I knew that I definitely, definitely had to address it. Um, otherwise it was really just like, I could feel that my body was fatigued. Um, I could feel that, um, I needed to recover. Um, but after about 24 hours, most everything would go away and feel fine. Yeah. It was just when that one thing just stuck around and was bothering me when I'm just laying in bed that I was like, this is something I need to address. Yeah. Um, what, with some of those just basic soreness things, what was your, or some of your go-to things that you would do to like deal with them or kind of just get through it? Yeah. So I always made sure that right after I ran, um, I would either have like a pretty high protein breakfast or like drink like a protein shake right away. Uh, just because I knew that I had just taken my body, I had just broke down my body for several hours. Um, I am um, big fan of dry needling. Uh, when my muscles are like sore, um, that really, really helps me. Um, and I love the compression boots that I'm currently still <laughs> sitting in. Yeah. Um, foam rolling sometimes, um, but actually... Um, when like my hips and my, um, quads would get sore, um, after runs, um, I actually really liked going back to my like mini band, like prehab, rehab, whatever you want to call them exercises, um, just to kind of like get those muscles working again so that I can start to like pump some of that like gunk out of there. It sounds kind of gross, but like that helped me a lot too. Um, not just sitting around. I, I did a lot of that, but like eventually I would get up and start moving um, and making sure that I like would do my recovery run and my lift the next day. I feel like that really, really helped me like yeah. get over the hump of yeah. how bad my body kind of felt. And I think that that's just what we don't see enough of is just people that want to quote unquote recover and they just want to like have things done to them. Yeah. Like, they want to get a massage, they want to get dry needling, they want to get a cryo chamber or whatever. And, and all those things are potentially helpful, yeah. like as adjuncts. But if you don't, like the first things that needs to talk to is like nutrition. Like I know that she sleeps. I know that she yeah. changed some of her like lifestyle habits surrounding her training. And then that she would do the active things too, like her exercises, and then go lift the next day. And those are like the big rocks that then dry needling really helps her. She felt better. Maybe dry needling helps you enough that you can go do your recovery run or go do your lift the next day. Like, and that's how those things should be used. But if all you're doing to recover is just like 
laying around and having things done to you. I'm not saying it's not gonna help, but I don't think it's gonna have as big of an impact as if you do everything else with yeah. it. Um, okay, so you mentioned a little bit that you did have one episode where you have like real pain at rest, not just <laughs> actual uh, soreness. Um, tell everyone, like, I wanna kinda hear what happened and then like what you did about it. And then I think the awesome thing is that you didn't have to stop training. Yeah. And so like how are you modified what you were doing to like keep up with your plan? So um, I have been dealing with some foot pain. Um, it started with some pretty significant like heel pain um, was where it kind of originated. And I think the first time I felt it was after either like my 16 or 18 mile long run, um, I had stopped running. And I remember like taking my shoes off in the elevator, like just getting up to my apartment because um, standing on it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna interject as your PT. I think it was a rainy day and you wore old shoes. Because you didn't want to wear your I new did. shoes. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because it was raining. They were pretty, and I didn't want to. Yeah. yeah. Dumb. Anyway. Yes. As I'm, yeah. As your as your physical therapist that I'm interjecting with, yeah. with memories yeah, from yeah, looking at it. Yeah. There were a couple yeah. more things I could have probably done better. But regardless, um, yes, I wore some old shoes on a rainy day, long run. Um, started as heel pain. Um, it went away the next day, um, but then the next time I ran, it came right back. And I think it was only like a three or four mile recovery run. Um, and that was a little bit concerning to me because usually those are nice and slow and easy and I don't have any issues. Um, so my first thought, which again, as a PT, probably not my brightest moment was, <laughs> Something's wrong with my shoes because I could not accept the fact that I was hurt, I think, also. Yeah. Mentally, I was like, I'm this far in, and that's scary to me. Yeah. So I took the shoes um, that I was having some pain with, and I honestly, I probably waited about two weeks before I actually did anything about it. Yeah. Um, again, that's a Sydney problem. <laughs> I. <laughs> We're sharing lessons. It's okay. Yes, We're helping yeah. others. I'm yeah. Learning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I, um, yeah, took my shoes in to go get them looked at because I had been running a lot in them. Um, I do alternate shoes, but I had had these for a while and I just wanted to make sure that if I needed new shoes, now was the time. Um, took them in, um, I got a new pair of shoes, um, ran in them and I felt a little bit better, but my pain at this point had now shifted to um, like right under my first uh, toe, like right in the arch. Um, and it was pretty pinpoint. And uh, I finished a long run and I got super nervous uh, that I had a stress fracture because- yeah. I think I got a text that was like, can you look at my toe tomorrow? I think I have a stress fracture. Yeah, like I, I finished a run and I was like, oh, crap. Like <laughs> this walking around was really painful. It was like pinpoint, pretty swollen, 
very uncomfortable. So I came in the next day uh, or two days later or something. Uh, Michael took a look and we figured out that it was a tendonitis or a tendon issue rather than a bony issue, just kind of based on the findings and stuff like that. Um, and I was in the peak of my training. I think I had like a 20 mile run that weekend yep. to do. And that terrified me because I knew that those runs were really, really important. But I also knew that if I ran them in pain or through an injury and didn't listen to my body, that I was just going to make things worse and then potentially end up with actually having a stress fracture. Um, so I cross-trained. Uh, I did a lot of biking for two weeks. Um, and I would only run my long run, actually. So I, like, biked and lifted during the week. And then on the weekend, I still ran my long run. Um, and that actually worked out very nicely. Uh, I got through them and um, still had some pain and discomfort. But I was doing exercises. I was, like, doing things about it rather than just pushing through because I thought that I had to. Yeah. No, I mean, and I think it's a, I mean, a couple of things like a don't just like, if you're having sharp local pain, like get it looked at. Yes. Don't just, don't just do it. Sydney did because like obviously I looked at it. She's also a therapist. We weren't just guessing. We had a plan. Yeah. That being said, just because you have pain doesn't mean you have to stop running. Like when we looked at Sydney's foot, it's like okay, this is what we need to do. These are what these are the things that can help that area. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to your coach and just figure out how can we adjust your training to just not stop running, but take like a little bit of a deload while still making sure you're prepared so that like the easy thing to do is just say like, oh, don't run. And I think nine times out of 10, that's what we see a lot of therapists tell runners is like, oh, it hurts while you're running. Just like take a two week break, like a two week break when you have a set marathon date that probably ends the (laughs) marathon training, like realistically. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes don't get me wrong if it's a stress fracture if it's something significant like that's just what you have to do but oftentimes with these things you're able to just intelligently modify your training add in some extra rehab exercises some cross training whatever the case may be and like still chase your goal without having to totally stop and then now you finished the marathon yesterday we can now take a little bit of time and actually like let the area just totally (laughs) calm down so um, I thought that was, I wasn't happy that you had to go through it because obviously like we would have hoped for you to just have a completely smooth training buildup. Oh, yeah. um, but I think it's probably a good lesson for you to go through yeah. and for us all to like experience and go through and be able to share with other people too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think uh, that pretty much covers the Sydney's first marathon experience. Yeah. Stay tuned for marathon number two date to be decided later. We'll keep everyone posted. And then I think Sydney and Jack Hackett, her coach are going to record a podcast sometime in November. um, Talk a little bit more about marathon buildups and training and I think nutrition type stuff you guys wanted to do. So um, I'm really excited about that one because Jack is super smart and Sydney is super smart. And so I think they're going to, Um, share a lot of good helpful info for everyone so thank you very much for the time Sid and for being open and willing to share with everyone and uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode 
Hey, Dr. Michael here. I want to say a sincere thank you for taking the time to listen to that episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Dr. Brett, Lauren, and I are all extremely passionate about this podcast and trying to use it to help share high quality, factual information and debunk some of the common myths and misconceptions that we see around athletic performance and rehabilitation. If you have a minute, we would sincerely appreciate you taking the time to leave a rating and review on iTunes or sharing this podcast with a teammate, coach, or colleague who you think may benefit. We want as many people to be able to hear and listen to this information as possible. Lastly, if you are on social media, head over to our page at MKE Sports Podcast or at Kinetic underscore SMP to follow us so that you get all the latest information. We love to engage, so leave a comment on this podcast, tell us what you learned, or feel free to ask us a question. We sincerely appreciate all of the support, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.